Oh, okay, I didn't say it. All right, I thought I had one guy that still thinks he's not an expert. The thing is, you have to be an expert for Google to be able to provide you with a page and a ranking on a page. Um, that number one spot, depending on what your subject matter is and where you are, that can be worth a lot of money to you. The difference between number one and number 10 is almost 100%. So I'm gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the changes that have been made to the Google homepage of Google, and I think I'm actually gonna bring one up here on the screen so we can kind of make sure we all understand what we're talking about and how we fit into that homepage. But the best thing that you can know is you are the expert in your business and you must carry yourself on the internet with that intensity everywhere you go. So I have no problem. If you knew me 10 years ago, there's no way I would have ever turned a camera on. I would be like, you know, I'm a little, a lot of overweight. I'm not a star. I'm not a, I don't care anymore. I am very good at what I do and I have no problem telling the world that. And everybody needs to have that same um, uh, enthusiasm, if you will, about your business because it's required. Okay, so let me pull up the screen here so we can talk about this just a little bit. I should have pulled that out up in the first place, but let me do this. Should be pretty, pretty quick. Okay, so this is, I'm going to do this two ways because there's two types of pages that we did. In fact, let me just roll it. So everybody here is a small business, okay? I don't, I don't, Exxon's not in the room, right? Okay, just, just checking. All right, Google's not in the room either, right? Because we're talking about things we don't want them to know that we know. So if they're in the room, could you? Okay, no Google. So this is the way a common Google page looks nowadays, okay? The biggest thing for a small business owner that you need to look is on the right-hand side of the screen that is coming from Google My Business. So who has a Google My Business account? Okay, who knows what to do with the Google My Business account? Okay, a lot of half waves. Okay, the next question I have is those of you that don't, why don't you have one? Okay, so everybody's gonna go home this afternoon. We're gonna go to google.com forward slash business. And if you don't have a Google My Business account, you're gonna open one, all right? It's free, there's no charge for it. What they're doing is they're building this side profile about your business. I picked this one because there's some other attributes about this homepage that I wanna talk about, okay? But whenever somebody looks for your business, Google is holding them on Google, okay? Because if you look, if I Google this particular company, you'll see their phone number is there, their hours of operation are there, their map is there, their reviews is there. Um, if it was, uh, if they were offering specials, there might be posts. On mine, I put a post up that I was coming here today. So Karen's flyer was actually embedded into the side of the Google search engine. Um, let's see what else. Uh, we also have um, questions that our end users can ask. 
I ask myself questions all the time. And you know what? Lucky for me, I know the answers. So I ask it, and then I answer it. But the reason why is because my customers don't come and ask questions. They text me and say, hey, what's the answer to this question? I'm like, could you just go ask Google, shake it a little, and I'll answer it. But it doesn't, but I can't do that on a regular basis. So. You have, to, you have to answer questions, okay? Um, there's also a really nice statement you can write about yourself and write about your company that fills in there. And then the other thing that we have is your uh, social profiles. Basically, what Google has done is built a, what they're gonna call a knowledge graph about your business that gives the end user everything they need to look when they're looking for you. So here's the bad thing for you and what you need to know about pushing your business, okay? That stops the end user from going to your website. So if you think about it, somebody is not gonna come to my website to get my phone number, why? Because it's there. They're not gonna go there to get my address, why? Because it's there. What it does is it interrupts my sales cycle, all right? Um, we offer you know, free domains, there's certain things that we do through my company that I can't physically go out and say anymore that I do because the people aren't coming to the website. So I have to use this. Uh, doctor's office, dentists, um, will often put like a free teeth cleaning or a, a Visalign discount or teeth whitening or something because we're, nine out of 10 people are stopping going to the website if, the, if this plaque comes up. All right, so that's the first erosion, if you will, of the number one listing. So I don't talk as much about being number one. I'm gonna talk about being in the right place, okay? So when somebody is wanting to do something that one of my people are involved in, I want my people in the right place at the right time. It's a little bit of a shift in focus, I get that. We've all heard all the way along that we should be number one, but what I want you to understand with number one, and I want to, I will do another example if you look at the top of that page, there's four ads there. None of them are this business, okay? Now, he's got a bunch of, a, a chunk of information there. If I come down, there's only four organic listings on a page. Now, I'm gonna give you a very scary and startling statistic that everybody needs to internalize, and then we're gonna, I talk a lot about how to make this all work for your businesses, okay? But the problem is, the number one listing only gets 19% of the click-throughs anymore. Okay, so before it used to be 80 to 95% of all clicks, the person hit number one. And it's not because of the ads. That's the thing. People will say, well look, there's ads. Of course nobody's gonna click on the number one. No, no, no. Okay, Google is changing the output. So I'm gonna give you something. I'm gonna kind of run over there. So we're gonna have a blank screen, but you'll still hear my big mouth. All right, but I'm gonna run over to the podium there for a second, and I'm gonna give you a few examples of some of the things that we're doing, and why I'm saying to you, we need to be an expert, okay? And then I've gotta follow through the expertness, that's my own word, I think, um, and put it on social media, okay? So we've gotta kind of balance this from both sides of the scale. So let me run over to the computer. I don't run, I kind of walk fast. <laughs> so I'm over here, so let's, uh, Let's keep with our Italian theme here, and let's do this. Okay, so you see what I put in, right? I put in Italy vacation packages. So 
The first problem I have is I have four ads, okay? And as a small business owner, most of you cannot be in the ads. Ads for Italian vacations to run on a comprehensive plan, you're over 10 grand a month in ad words. I don't feel like most of you can afford a budget like that, okay? Again, Exxon's not in the room, so you gotta have pretty deep pockets to run this thing. The people that run it for $500, you're kinda, whistling past the graveyard, you're kind of wasting your money unless you know something I don't and you have some extraordinary uh, conversions off of that. $500 is just not going to get it on a pay-per-click budget. Google loves that. Don't misunderstand because they'll collect $500 from a million small businesses and they'll have a lot of money. But for your purpose, I think you have to be frugal with your money and make sure everything that you're doing works for your business and we need to make sure we're doing the right things. Okay. So, We've got four ads running there, okay? None of that helps us. The next thing we have, and I'm gonna have to keep walking back and forth here, is what I'm gonna call, and actually that's not my nerf term, those boxes now are on more than 50% of these searches. They're called position zero, okay? They now honor a lion's share of the click-throughs. They're very hard to get, they're very complicated to get, okay? But if you get them, you get a lot of traffic flowing through them because the end user still does this action on the first reasonable thing they come to. But now we're looking for this because they're trying to give you summaries of information. We're gonna talk about, remember I said who's blogging? Most of these are coming off of blog posts. So this is why I asked that question in the beginning because for the most part, I should go this way, so I'm back on camera. For the most part, the blog posts themselves are helping generate this. There's some characteristics and attributes that I'm gonna give you on this. There's a lot more mechanics to it, but at least if I give you a higher view of this and what you should be doing, maybe you'll be a blind squirrel and find a nut every so often, okay? So I, I don't mean that badly, it's just that that's just the way it is. If I kind of get you going in the right direction, at least you have a chance. Okay. The next thing down you'll notice is we have four questions. And those are these people also ask questions. So you remember I told you you have to anticipate what people are gonna be asking for about your business? This is why. Because that anticipation helps drive this people also ask box. Again, it can be complicated, but I have seen a lot of pages start to show up in that people also ask without a lot of intervention. It's just a matter of doing it right. So I can fold them down, but they're all gonna to start to look like that top box with the bulleted list. Some of them have a, and they try to answer the question. Um, what's interesting is if I hit one of those, it's gonna roll out again, and it's gonna roll out again, and it's gonna roll out again. And what happens to that number one listing when that rolls out like that? It sinks down the page. So therefore, what's happening is, you end up with a circumstance that your number one ranking, in this case, this, this website that I work on is number five on this page. I'll watch it make a wire out of me, okay? But as I scroll down, this is a term that gets 8,500 searches a week, a month, whatever their Google number is. It's a high volume search term. We're at number five. You know what I get off of this a month? 200 people, because this other air is sucking the room out of my listing. 
So we've had to make a concerted effort to try to get into this number, these position zero spots, okay? So we're, that's what I have my entire staff focused on, and I will kind of give you a little bit of how to do that here in just a minute, okay? But what I want you to understand is Google is trying to keep you on a Google property. They're not allowing you off the property. Now, it's a behavior. It's not like you're being held prisoner there and there's no links and you can't click. Let's not misunderstand what I'm saying. But for the most part, if you can come here, read that box, it answers your question, what do you do? You move on. I, I've kind of, I have a blog post in my head that's kind of rumbling around in my head that has been, that kind of been perking for a while. And you'll see it at one point. Everybody in the room, except for about two people, is gonna remember this. Remember the magic eight ball and you'd shake it and it'd say doubtful or yes, it's gonna happen. Google's become a modernized, modern eight ball as far as I'm concerned. I put in my question, shake my computer a little bit, and bing, I have the answer. Who won the World Series? What's got the, well, we don't want to talk about that, PTSD from the World Series. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> uh, who led the batting title in you know, 1939? Who has the all-time home record? Anything you want to ask it, you just type it in, you know, shake it, and it gives you an answer. So it's like the modern, the problem is for business that have been using Google to drive business to the website, it presents a challenge if you don't keep up with what it's doing so your business is per, per, uh, percolate into the right spots, okay? So again, being number one is not the beat all and end all anymore. Being in the right spot on the page for the term is the beat all and end all. And that's very much different than probably anybody's ever told you. You know, you get these SEO companies, they come in and, we will make you number one. I don't say that much anymore. I more say we will make you visible so people find your business and people interact with you. And, and we have a lot of that going on. This gentleman whose website I do have up here, he asked me a lot of times, he'll say to me, why don't I get as many inquiries as I used to? He has more traffic now than he's ever had before, but he's not getting the level of inquiries. And the reason why is because Google's holding them on these pages and they're stopping. And the, the travel industry is particularly interesting because what happens with the travel industry is they actually have Google Travel now that's taking packages. It's all a paid space, but it gives you a package, it gives you an airfare, it does all these things. At some point, we're gonna have to make the jump and to go over and go down that road with this particular website. Not quite there yet um, because he's still getting some in the more traditional way. But we all have to start to think about how are we going to get in these spots? So what would I do if I was going to start to think about how to get in these spots? Because I, I do this every day now. This is, this is my conversation I have probably anywhere from three to five times a day now, every day. So what do I do? Post lots of blogs. Say what? Post lots of uh, blog posts. I do post lots of blog posts. I'm going to give you some, some um, tips for that here in just a minute. But what else do I do? This is gonna be a really amazing thing. Videos, add um, SEO uh, phrases onto nope. the page. Nope. Make video. Content. I am making, yeah, you're right, it is content. I am making videos sometimes. You ready? This is earth-shaking information. <laughs> I listen to what people ask me. <laughs> oh, okay. well, oh, see, how easy is that? <laughs> Now, why do I listen to what people ask me? So, 
administrative people also ask questions. I get questions all day long. How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I set up my email? How do I dress? No, nobody asked me how to dress. It's all good. Um, I get questions all day long, okay? I even got, which, which building inside fair are you at? So then I was like, well, and that was you, apparently. I didn't know who it was. I had a text message from my staff that said, uh, we need to know what building at Fair you're gonna be in. I'm like, I'm gonna be lucky if I can find the campus. What do you mean what building am I gonna be in? I'll worry about that tomorrow. So I said, look on the flyer. That was my answer. But the reality of that is I, every day, am asked questions. I'm asked questions from customers. I'm asked questions from potential new clients. I'm asked questions from other SEO professionals. I am. Who's, who else here gets questions every day? <laughs> okay, so you know what I do? I have an app on my phone. Now I know those of you that are challenged with a phone that don't have an iPhone are gonna have a little bit of a problem, but iPhone has a really cool feature, it's called Notes, okay? And I walk around all day and I send myself notes of what people ask me, what keeps, catches my attention. Does anybody read on the internet? I guess that's a silly question because nobody really reads anymore, so let me try that a different way. Does anybody look on the internet and see information every day about their particular business or the vertical that they're in? Who does that? Okay, everybody should have your hand up. Uh, okay, all right. For those of you that do, the other thing I do is I also shoot that to notes because when I sit down and I want to write, write a blog post, I do that I go to my notes, I open it up, I see what's there, and I'm like, hmm, that's a good one. Hmm, that's a good one. Now, the other thing I did, like my chamber people, you're a chamber person, you two are chamber people too, right? Okay, so I have made a video that explains why a chamber membership is important to your Google rankings, and that even if you never went to a networking event, whatever you pay that chamber a year is well worth the price of admission because it validates your business to Google. Now, why did I do that? People ask, that's one question. Because you have to be validated with Google so they will promote you. That's another, that's another question. You're also utilizing their website at the chamber, so. Well, that's another answer. You know what the real answer is? And they're gonna appreciate this, okay? Huh? Maybe you can link. Yes, that's another. All of these things have happened. The video's been watched several thousand times. There's links to it. But I did it, and it was born out of the idea to do it as a client or a member retention video. Because people did not understand that if you do not have a chamber membership, your chances of having a solid ranking in the map area is next to nothing. Because you're not valid. You, you better have a better business bureau if you don't have a chamber. You better have a chamber if you don't have a better business bureau. I don't like the better business bureau anymore so they can go away. So we don't, I don't advocate them. Um, but the reality is, your chamber membership is extremely valuable. Now I'm speaking at an event, chamber event. They did not pay me to endorse my own video against their. their oh, you did? Not yet. Oh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. But what it does is it explains. Uh, what I did is I went through and explained it. But let me tell you how I structured this because I had to structure it two ways. Okay. So. Fortunately for me, I went, so just for full transparency, I don't know that everybody has this gifted of a road, but I went to college, I have a degree in journalism, writing is easy for me. It's something that just rolls out of my brain when I'm in the right spot that I can do very quickly. 
So what I did was I sat down and I wrote the verbiage. I didn't write the script, okay? First of all, I don't do scripts. In case anybody doesn't notice, I'm up here speaking without note cards, so there's no script, okay? Um, but I went through and I wrote out why the chamber membership is important, how Google can view that, why you should have one even if you don't like people and you want to be a hermit. I mean, I, I covered the entire thing, all right? But then what I did is I sat down and I explained with a screen capture program from my screen what Google's looking for, why it's important, how it influences that box that was on the side of the page, and why if you, if you don't have a chamber membership, you need to find a chamber, and they needed to have certain attributes. And then I went on to say that it was better. But I made a whole video of it, so both pieces of those content can stand alone. If you don't like to read, you can watch the video. If you don't want to watch a video, I hate watching homemade YouTube videos. I, I must be the only person in America that can't stand it, but I cannot stand it. Save my life, okay? I got much better, I can barely watch professionally programs on the television, let alone a YouTube video made by some guy in a cave somewhere, okay? So it's not happening, but the, but the reality of that is we have to address both sides of the, of the equation. Now what I will say is that I think, and I don't have proof of this, but I teach enough of these classes that I think I've come up with the right answer, the millennials under 25 watch the videos. The normal people that went to school and have an education like the rest of us, we like to read. Okay, no offense against millennials. It's okay, don't watch millennials. There's nothing, that's nothing personal, it's just a joke. Anyway, but, but the reality is the younger generation would rather watch a video. I have one young lady in my office that all she does is listen to podcasts. She does her work, she does everything she does, but she's all, day, all in her ear all day. And she's constantly telling me interesting facts. I'm ready to send her on Jeopardy as a side for her because she knows all this stuff because that's all she's doing is watching videos. It's kind of awesome, or listening to podcasts rather. So the world is becoming different. And we need to adapt to that world, but we need to provide. So here's the mistake I say, okay? People go make these videos, and then they go and put a whole transcript of what I said. Anybody ever read a script? It's like the hardest thing for me in the whole world because all it is is dialogue. So if you're going to just put up a dialogue of what you say, it's very difficult and very dense to read. Okay, it's usually very hard to follow because it doesn't have the flow that the video had. Okay, it doesn't have the visuals. So you're not painting and doing the right picture. It's really the wrong medium. But I see a lot of people take that, do a translation and put it underneath it. Please don't do that. Do yourself the, the service of doing it right and take the time, even if it's just a few paragraphs, which is not really right, but even if it's just a few paragraphs that summarizes what your video is about, that is a far better approach than sitting down, letting, letting uh, the closed captioning print out on the screen and you go post it to your website. But video is very important. So let me tell you a few things about video and why we do what we do. Now this video I'm gonna leave, put up on Facebook Live. I'm probably gonna pull it down. I may stick it out on YouTube. And what's gonna end up happening is I'm gonna put a summary of what I talked about here, okay? That's how I'm gonna do that. But when somebody comes to my page and they watch this video, all right, what is the byproduct of this? Anybody want to give me a, take a guess at that? I know you probably don't know the answer, but I figured I'd throw it out there. It shows your authority and your 
Well, it does throw that, but that's because you only heard me say that at 30 minutes ago. The real answer is it holds the person on the page for a specific period of time, and it lets Google know that page has value. Okay? So I'm basically giving somebody a video, let them start to watch it. I'm holding them hostage on my page until they figure out either I'm the smartest person they ever heard or um, they're wasting their time. Um, and we've had it go both ways, it's all good. Um, but, but the reality of that is I am doing and sending a signal to Google that I have a value and that when I put stuff up, people stay on the page, they watch the video. Now where do I put this video? I actually said it already, we're just gonna have a pop quiz and see if you're actually paying attention to what I'm saying. Okay, where am I gonna put this video besides Facebook? YouTube. YouTube, and why am I putting it on YouTube? Google owns YouTube. Google owns YouTube. Oh, so I got a text message while I was driving down the road. You're not supposed to read text messages, and I never do that. But what the text message that popped up on my screen said is that don't put children in videos. All right, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that as a blanket thing. I know there's um, reasons that you might, but apparently they've made a forty-two thousand dollar fine now for putting a kid in a video without the right whatever. I'm just gonna tell you, I'm not a lawyer, I don't play one on TV, and I don't really know that I understand the law of all of this, but I am never gonna put a kid in a video again. So if you're baby-faced Finster, you're never gonna be in a video either. Because if you don't look like you're of age, I'm not putting you in there. That's you, you're never gonna be in my video, <laughs> okay? Because they're looking at this. So when you take, if you do a room, if you do people, if you anything you do, make sure there's no children in the background. Okay. What do you do if that's your thing? Like teaching children or baking children? Well, see, here's the thing. Okay. You don't know who I am unless I put my glasses on back there. <laughs> then you might know it's me. Okay? The thing is, shoot from the back of their heads. Blur them out so you can't see them. Okay? Do not. I, I'm, be, I'm really being. All right, so I know sometimes it's hard to see when I'm serious. Okay? But I'm being serious. As this comes into being and they want to start finding people for YouTube videos, the text message I got said, this will be the end of YouTube. I'm sure Google will find a way to work around this because they're not going to let a $42,000 fine per person uh, end YouTube. Uh, but on the other side of the coin, we all need to be extremely careful of what we're putting in our videos and making sure that we have live, actual people. Does it make a difference if it's um, clearly your business? I don't know what the, all right, so here's the thing, I don't know. I don't know what the specifics are to make the um, argument that it's a legitimate posting of a child. But what I will say is the exposure to the business. So let's, let's just kind of roll back here in our thought process a minute. And this could happen. So you're a dentist, and I don't think I have any dentists in the room. None of you, none of you snuck in that are a dentist that I don't know about, right? So they do a procedure and they show the kid in the chair, mommy says it's okay, and now the dentist makes a million dollars because they become the world's biggest orthodontist in all of known to mankind. They made a million dollars off that kid's video. So what's to stop somebody from hauling you into court and saying you made a video? I understand you had a release, now go fight that release in court. So what I'm saying to you, because the way my brain operates is my business is not big enough to walk out on edges, take chances, and then have to go defend it in the long run. So the best thing I can do 
is not doing it, okay? I mean, find an adult. Um, if you're a pediatric dentist, then find a way to gray the screen out so you can't see except their mouth. I mean, there's ways to do these things. There's a lot of extra work. I mean, don't misunderstand. I'm not minimizing that. But I would not, at this child, at this point, put a child in a video. Not to get off on a tirade, but that was yesterday's text. Obviously, I didn't pay too close attention to it because the light changed and I had to keep going down the road. So I didn't read, go back and read the rest of it. <coughs> Just to, to maybe put a quick end to this, where the problem is, is parents selling their children's rights. This came up with uh, Pink Floyd's we, um, another brick in the wall. The kids that were singing, we don't need no education, actually sued because they weren't getting any of the royalties Boy, to I it. I need to call them. I was in on that lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's where the problem has started creeping up is that parents will sign whatever waiver and now the kids of age and they're like, hey, I didn't get anything for this. My parents just kind of, so that's That that's happened with the Brady kids too. I heard that somewhere too. Yeah. They all did. And I appreciate what you're saying. I'm just saying to you guys, don't do it. That's, that's the best advice I can give you, okay? But the thing is, make your videos, add your videos, and I told you, how am I doing on time? Oh, I better talk faster. If I not been I'm not been talking really slow here, I better get on it, chop chop. Okay, so here's the thing. Okay, blog posts, and, and I actually give whole classes on this. This is, I come up here once a year roughly and give these talks for Karen series, but I have five classes throughout the city that I do every single month. There's some that are out on 1960, there's several down off between city center, and there's one inside the loop right at the Galleria. So there's no excuse why you can't come visit me. The interesting piece of this is no class is ever duplicated. I don't think I have said done the same class in the 2003. I used to say 13 years, but I realize it's now more like 16 or 18 years that I've been doing this. I've been doing this since 2003, giving talks like this. So it's been a long time. So, but I've never given the same class twice. So you can come every single time and never do the same thing, believe it or not. So um, the website classes are at the top of the website on SEO411.com. They're for the most part they're free, um, and we'll even feed you. So you're welcome to you're welcome to join at any time. No, we have awesome lunch. I have the best catering in Houston. So he caters the lunch. You all eat, you listen to me, you go home. You're smarter and you're full. How could you do that? <laughs> so um, anyway, let's talk about a blog. So I just want to let you know, I talk about this in depth a lot. But So blog posts, how many words do you think should be in a blog post? 380. 380 times 4? No, at least 300. 300? Times 4? <laughs> Not 1200. 1200. Yay! You guys are starting to do the math right. <laughs> I got 300 times 40. All right, the millennials, I guess, didn't get the math right on that because they're still telling me 300. <laughs> so, all right, so I would like to see your blog post come in anywhere from 900 to 1500 words. Okay, when you know what you're talking about, that's not so hard. Okay, if the only word comes in hard is if you try to say, oh, I have to do this. Am I there yet? Am I there yet? No, just sit down and write what you think. Okay, it's really not that hard when you're an expert. Now, I, I, now you might have a little bit rougher road because you have a bus excitement tour thing going on, and I know that. So, um, 
he's got a party bus coming on. So that might be, you know, event planning, how to plan an, a fan, top 10 things you should do to plan a bachelorette party. Hire a party bus should be one of them, okay? But I'm sure there's nine other things we can, we can come up with to do that. So there are things you can do. I think your subject matter is a little bit harder um, than some of the other, the other folks here. So I, I admit that not everybody, but yes, 900 words. So here's the next thing. Did you notice what I just told him? What did I just tell him? Not Google term what I just told him. How to and then how to and then I said what? Do your but your business into that. All right, you're going farther than where I wanted to. So I said I said top ten things. Top ten. Did you notice that? Yes. All right. So I was talking to somebody yesterday. You got to go big or go home. Okay, which that's kind of easy for me because I just go big all the time. But it's you know. A hundred reasons to have a bachelor party with a party bus. Thirty-five reasons that I want to tutor my kid. All right? Does everybody kind of get what I'm, where I'm going with this? The bigger the number, the more of an expert you look like. So somebody said to me yesterday, you know, Beth, we could talk about taco stands and put the best taco, ten taco stands. I said, no, we're going to do this. Instead of just doing the ten best taco stands in Austin, we're gonna do the best 100 taco stands in all of Texas, okay? Because now what I've done is made an ultimate guide. If you go look at that Trips to Italy site, what we're actually doing, I'm not doing this through blog posts, but I'm actually putting up a travel guide on every region and every city in Italy. Now, Italy's a lot smaller than the United States, so there's, not, there's only 220 of those that have to be written. Okay, so it's not been that bad, all right? But the fact of the matter is I have five pages per section and we're basically making a travel guide on everything. And then we are gonna have the ultimate travel guide of Italy with all the pages in all the regions. So anybody that comes there, we're now Encyclopedia Italy. Go big or go home, all right? Now, why would I tell you you have to go, go to this crazy amount of work? There's one underlying principle that drives all of them. Yeah, but how am I making that happen? Content. No. Lists. You're very close. The, fre the frequency and regularity. No. Who's my SEO marketers, my digital marketers in the room? What am I, what are they, what word are they missing? Links. So what's gonna happen is I'm gonna make the top 100 taco stands in America, and I'm gonna have people linking to me, saying here, look, these people recommend uh, Taco de Flor, or whatever the heck it is in Atascacita, okay? So those links are ultimately what drives. You can't have the links without content, so understand that those things go hand in hand. You don't have one without the other. But, so when I tell everybody to do great content, what I know is if you actually listen to me and do what I'm saying, naturally what's going to happen is people are going to find that and make links to it. You had your hand up? If you list the top ten of anything, link. Link and content are almost parallel to each other. Best restaurant, whatever that is, and here's a link. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is people will link to you. So if I put up the ultimate guide to taco stands in Texas, okay, what's going to happen is I'm going to have travel bloggers making links to me. I may get um, other restaurant uh, restaurant critics saying, here's a complete list of all the taco stands in 
Or I may get a link from this country of Italy linking to my website saying, hey, we think this is a preeminent guide to Italy. Oh, wait, that really happened. So the, it, I started out calling my customer the Ministry of Tourism because I was picking on them for having all of this. At the end of the day, that's ultimately what I ended up having to be was the Ministry of Tourism. And I have Italy linking to me now, the country of Italy. So they're validating that I am awesome on all my pages and that we are the Minister of Tourism for Italy. So what's happening now is it's pushing me up above people like um, Expedia. It's pushing me above people like Trafalgar, all these, uh, Perillo, the guy that advertises on Fox, his digital is doing so good he has to advertise on Fox. Don't quite get that, but means it's not doing so good. But what, <laughs> all right, but the fact of the matter is we're sitting over the top of these people because we have these powerful links that are coming back. It's the last piece of the equation. It's a very difficult topic to actually address, but if I can get you all to put up a good page, so so far we know we need to have a number plan within that, right? Top 10 this, top five this, top 105 of this, we're all cool with that, we're all good with that, right? The other thing is, if you notice in those people also ask areas, there's a bulleted list. So what we've been doing is, um, in fact, frankly, let me pull this up because it's a really good example. Like, 
what should I, and I don't know that we rank on this, so don't, uh, let's not go look at this, but what should I look for if I go see David, okay, or I go see the Piata? What should I look for? They may excerpt, because, I, because of how I've done this and coded this and gave each part of that list its own URL, they may excerpt that one piece. So there, this is where this starts to get way complicated. In fact, my um, day class for HCC, we seem to, um, we seem to be talking a lot about how to do this code into this page, and I've been working through it with everybody. It is extremely confusing, so I don't want to get into this in an overview class today, okay? But yes, that was intentional. If you click on David, it goes to David. If you click on the Piata, it goes to Piata, and so on down the, so on down the pike. Um, because there's certain code in that page to make Google understand that what that those are separate subsets within inside of it. Okay, so we have a list, we have numbers, we have bullets, we have 1,500 words, and we have a really pretty good decent blog post. There really is no cutting corners. Now, again, I understand on some level it's easy for me that this stuff rolls right out of my head. After spending an hour with me, I think I think you probably can see that, that it just kind of produces itself. The other thing is, I've been doing it for so long that I think that may be part of it. On the other side, I can also teach people how to do it and how to think this way. So when a cut question comes in, I start to break it out in my head. What am I trying to do? So why do I want to rank on David as a piece of art if I sell vacations in Italy? Something to see. Well, you're it does make me seem like an expert. But there's another reason. We sell day tours to go see works of art. So now what happens is the person that's looking for the day tour, we have one on the Vatican. I just put one up on churches. Um, and we're, we're actually using the people also ask questions to write the people also ask questions with our own information. Because, again, I'm an expert. Okay? And I guarantee you I'll put this video up and somebody will come and argue with me. Because everybody's got different opinions and everybody's got different knowledge bases. And, frankly, some people just like to argue. Okay? <laughs> so, well, and it's easy on the internet. I call them keyboard warriors. I mean, it's really easy to argue with me because you don't know me. And I'm not going to come beat you up in your sleep. It's all good, you know. So, but but what I want you to understand is that you have your own skill set and tool set that makes you an individual. You have your own personality and your own flair. And when you utilize that, they're the same reasons you became business owners. Okay? If you just wanted to be little mind-numb people, you would go to work for a corporation somewhere and. I'm here, I do my job, I'll get in my car, I go home. Okay, but that you chose not to do that. And in choosing not to do that, that already tells me something about you. That tells me that you have that entrepreneurial spirit, that you understand that you can build a better mousetrap. Don't be afraid to say it. And if somebody says you're wrong, so what? <laughs> you know, somebody told me I was wrong last night. I said, maybe you need to go rethink that. I mean, I, it's fine. I, you, you want to call it one thing, I want to call it another. You need to do more research. Maybe you do. What the heck? All right? But don't be afraid to say that. All right? I mean, that doesn't, that's not, they're not going to come beat you up. I promise. It's not. Because we don't live in that world. We live in this really weird virtual world where we don't have to see anybody anymore. Okay? So just start putting your thinking caps on. Your customers are your best bet for your 
blog posts, okay? What you guys ask me and the problems that you have are some of the best fodder. And this is an example, and it's one of the best blog posts I ever put up, although I don't like the contents of it, it played well. I have a friend that's got a quirky sense of humor like I do, and they said to me, Beth, you need to put up a post that tells people to stop wearing their bikinis on LinkedIn. And I said, what do you mean? Who wears a bikini on, has anybody ever worn a bikini on LinkedIn? Has anybody ever wore a bikini in the last 20 years? Let's maybe start with that question, all right? But, oh, maybe you did, okay. I keep forgetting you're here, I'm sorry. You're in my peripheral. Anyway, thank you for being a sport. But, okay, so when I said, I said, okay, so let me see if I get this right. You want me to go tell people on LinkedIn not to wear bikinis in their profile pictures? Yes. I said, could you give me an example of where this is happening? Because I, I, I was like, this is not happening. You're like, he's laughing. They're all laughing. I'm like, no, this is not. It is happening. Because what these people do is they wear these tops that are like off the shoulder tops. So when you do a headshot, it looks like you're wearing a bikini. Who knew? Do you look nice and professional? No. Huh? In order to get people, I mean, is it I think there's a subplot to that, but if you have to do that to get business, I might wonder about you. But, so here's the thing. What I did is I wrote a whole how-to guide to make a LinkedIn profile, to how to do it right. Except I called it how to make a bikiniless LinkedIn profile. Now, of course, what happened is that headline had all these people coming to see what weirdo said people are wearing a bikini on, on LinkedIn. But I got more shares, more likes, more phone calls than I care to mention because I was creative in how I put that together. All right? And this is, this is where I'm saying, again, it, I, I recognize. I, I, but it, it, you guys have to have that too. You have to be funny in your lives. Don't be afraid to be funny with your businesses and how you, you don't have to be straight laced and, you know, unless you're an accountant and then please let's act serious at all times we don't want the IRS to come after us. Okay? Do we have an, oh, and a banker. You count my money, you better be serious. That's all I'm going to say. I'm huh? an accountant. He's he counts it? What do you do? He's a banker, I'm the accountant. All right, all right. oh, you see, you're even sitting You've been together. sitting next to each other. All right, but you, you do understand what I'm saying, correct? Okay. Um, you can be funny too. How to put your money in a bank and not have it disappear. I mean, I, I could come up with a lot of blog posts on that one. Okay, and the title itself, you know, how to pick a bank that gives you a better interest rate. So instead of saying, we give better interest rates, okay, how to put your money in a bank and it not disappear will get far more play than we give better interest rates. Who cares? Well, I don't even know what the interest rate is. Like negative 42%. <laughs> what are you thinking? Negative 41%? Okay, awesomeness.
And if I've got to put up quirky, pithy, funny, engaging things, and I have to be a personality, well then so be it, except for, thank God I'm not an accountant. So, uh. no offense. No offense, you need to be serious in all you do. Um, what I will say is, I have an accountant that comes to one of my other classes, and he's awesome. I, I met him at the Heights Chamber, and he's been coming to class now probably for the better part of 10 years. He took this to heart years ago, and he now has 8,000 followers over on LinkedIn. So what does that mean when I have 8,000 followers? Now, you're a personal service, so LinkedIn doesn't necessarily work for you, but accounting, tutoring, these businesses that lend themselves to B2B relationships, what does 8,000 people mean to him? A lot of connections. What? A lot of connections. Yeah, but what does that mean? Trust. Who said it? I heard it. Referrals. So when he puts up a page that explains something that he's doing that other accountants might not be doing, people call him and say, hey, Byron, what, 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 what? Because he has an 8,000 people captive audience now because he's worked on building that. Okay, and I will tell you, when I put up posts that are unique to me on LinkedIn, inevitably we get some people calling for service or calling to say, hey, I need you to help me execute this because I don't know what to do. So, so the reality is, if you do this right, there's actually a huge pile of business directly coming right off of something like LinkedIn to you um, just simply because you handled it properly. Okay, so. All of these things have to work together, but most of all, I need you to be an expert. I need you to put up expert quality uh, content. I need you to do it in the format that I said, not to be number one, but to be in the best position when somebody is looking for something you offer, okay? And that is a little bit different message than anybody's ever really heard from me before, because being number one is not it at all anymore. I'm so sorry to no, go for it. Actually, usually, okay, so let me tell you, usually what happens, I have 100 questions, and I can't even get one point out of my mouth because everybody's asking them, so it's okay. You guys have been like model people, and either that or you're asleep and need more, they need more coffee is the problem. Go ahead. All right, so that's local search. Is it a similar, yeah, that's something that we've noticed that to get on the map is a big deal. Are there things that you can do similar to Yes, and I'll, I will be teaching a local class sometime, I think, in February. I had one of my day class people to my ear and say, why haven't I talked about local search in a while? And it's really because I've been on all this programming that needs to go on the back end to make these boxes pop up. The interesting thing about the maps, there are some coefficients of things that you need to do to be on those maps. Just so you know, they do get 80% of the traffic. So mm -hmm. if you can land number one in those maps and you're a localized business, um, do you, what kind of accountant are you? So you wait till people break stuff and then you come and fix it afterwards. Okay. So do people come to your office? Do people look for a local accountant? Would you just take a person that's not broken? Sometimes, yeah. All right. So you'll take unbroken people as well as broken people. Usually they're that's broken cool. and they don't know. And he's not, don't use that because Google will think you're a psychologist, by the way. So don't do that broken and unbroken thing like I just did. Okay. And don't you be a fixer because they're going to think you're a part of the Sopranos, so don't use the word fixer either, okay? Either that or your friend of Trump. I'm not sure which. So don't do it, okay? Don't, there's a couple words. I also not to use do. the term mechanic, too. Huh? I also use the term mechanic, too. Remember Charles Bronson was a mechanic? 
Oh, okay. Yeah, let's not confuse Google too much. But IRS letters are awesome. <laughs> Just so you know, that's a free tip to you. Ranking on IRS letters is like money in your bank. And then you'll go give it to him. Okay. All right. So back to you. Maps are very important. Uh, maps need to be worked on. There's certain criteria. It used to be just name, address, phone number, uh, number of reviews, and how close you were to the center. That's somewhat changed because they understand that geographically that not – Houston's a really bad problem because, you know, um, in Houston, the geographics – does anybody know where the geographic center of Houston is? Okay, Texas Avenue, 77001. All right, and what they do is they start to look outward from there. So when I say I'm in Houston and I'm like next door to Katie, they don't think I'm in Houston. So they, we've kind of had to work around some of this. I have the same problem. I even have a worse problem than that, huh? It's relatively recent, like about a year ago or something. It's, yeah, something like that. So let me tell you, I have a really bad problem. I live in Kingwood. Besides the fact that I'm now the floods are in Kingwood, um, and that's a whole nother problem. <laughs> Do you know I pay city of Houston taxes? And I vote for the mayor of the city of Houston. And do you know Google says I am not in Houston because my mailbox says Kingwood? Now, I cannot affect the United States Postal Service, but I, I send them my tax bill. I'm going to put my tax bill on the internet. They need to understand that Kingwood is part of Houston. But here's the problem. It's 25 miles outside. So now I'm very far away from the geographic center of Houston. So this is this game that we all play of where are we, where aren't we, what do we have to do to affect these things. Um, so it, it is not something that I can cover. That is not local speed. Speed SEO is not going to work on that one. But we will have one in February. Um, what I will say is I have a mailing list. Um, that I send out every month. I do not use it for any other purpose. Well, I should say I think I used it once. It was really important, and I can't remember. Uh -huh. Okay, but we don't use it for any other thing. If you text, um, if you go to the calendar page, it explains what to do. But if you text uh, a phone number, it will automatically add you to that mailing list, and you'll get a full calendar at the start of the month that announces the topics, tells you where I'll be, what we're talking about, gives you the address. The whole shooting match, okay? And my list is getting longer, so. Uh, for you, it's uh, ready, I'm gonna tell you all how to do it, but if you all do it at once, they're gonna think you're bombing it, so then they shut it off for a few minutes. So you text 66866, the word SEO class, so S-E-O-C-L-A-S-S, -S -S, one word, no spaces, all right? And then it's gonna come back and ask you for your email address, and it will add it to my Okay, so it's 66866, text the word SEO class. Um, this class was on it. That's how you found out I was here, I'm guessing, because this class was on my list for the month. Um, we add the extra ones and this happens to be an extra one. Um, but I have everything I do all month is out there for you. So if anybody have any questions? I don't know, what time is it now? <laughs> A little after nine. Okay, so who has questions? Because Karen said we have to be out here by 9.30. Go ahead. All right, so I have a uh, podcast, and I do show notes, and I also do the transcript. Is there anything else other than I have Summarize it. Like, yeah, your show notes are good. Yeah, then you're fine. I think that's fine if you're doing all If you're doing all three, then you're putting it in a way that's palatable to anybody that wants to hear it. So you're good. Yeah, see, okay, so somebody got an A in the room so far. Let me try this again. Who's an expert? 
We all are. All right, we're getting there, everybody. Go ahead. Uh, how much do reviews affect the rankings on the page? On, on the look, on the maps, they affect it some. But see, here's the problem. And I see this a lot, and please don't do this. We're gonna, we're gonna get real reviews, okay? Um, don't go get your friend to make a review. I just saw this, I gotta tell you, I just saw this on somebody, and I was like, really, you're paying these people all this money and this is what they came up with. They went and had the president of the company remove the review their own company and say, great job. I was like, who gives advice like that? So don't go put up fake reviews, don't go say good job, um, you have to put up meaning ref meaningful reviews, all right? Meaningful. Um, I bought a refrigerator from Lowe's and the man came to my house and he was mad, he was late, he was everything. And then he said to my father, and we're gonna leave the old refrigerator in the backyard. <laughs> so my father calls me, he says, did you tell the guy to leave the refrigerator in the backyard? I said, are you, what are you? What are you even telling me? I said, that's like a death trap for a small children you're gonna put in my backyard. I, oh, we ain't doing that. I said, we paid them to haul this off. I had to come home 30 minutes from where I was to stand in my driveway and scream at that guy until he put that refrigerator on my truck. So I trotted over to Lowe's. Just told the whole story. I didn't say worst experience ever, one story. I told the whole story. Bothered my 85 year old father, was going to leave a death trap in the backyard. By the time it was over, we were killing children in my backyard. I, you know, it was like the worst review ever. Okay? The other thing I do is leave good reviews. And the thing is, you have to be balanced. Okay? Um, and you want your end users to be balanced. Um, ask your customers for reviews. Um, who follows up with an email after who has like a one and done service with people or um, who asks you do? Okay, do you send them an email when they're done and say, hey, are you happy? Are you unhappy? Um, can, if you were happy, can you leave me a review? Okay? Ask people. That's the, really the only way that's going to work. Every once in a while, people that have been around me, they'll go and review my staff and say, hey, Sarah's the most awesome person ever. And we do get, we do get them. But inevitably, I usually have to ask, ask for them and remind people to do them. There's links inside Google My Business now um, that you can give, that you can put. If you have a brick and mortar, is there a QR code on your desk, on your front desk where people check out that people can scan it and leave you a review? Does your staff ask for a review? If you don't ask for one, you ain't gonna get one. I mean, that's kind of, unless you make them mad, and that's the only time you get <laughs> all right? The other thing I'm gonna say is try to answer the review. Okay, go in, um, thank you, we appreciate your feedback. We want to see you dead because you asked me to say something horrible. Don't say that, the next thing you know, we'll all be at the courthouse. Let's not say that. Okay, but uh, what I guess what I'm saying is, answer it. Um, I have an urgent care, and I tell them this frequently. Um, I love the lady that works there. She is a spitfire. And she has a temper that makes me look like a saint, okay? I, I have a temper. I'm a Scorpio. I have a temper, okay? And I get really red-faced and really mad pretty easily. She makes me look like butter melts in my mouth and I'm the salt of the earth. I should just be at the convent with my hands, right? Okay. So 
She calls me whenever they get a bad review. Well, I'm just gonna go tell them blah, 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 blah. What I've trained her to do is not answer that person, but answer it for the person that is reading the review and evaluating your business. Does everybody understand what I just said? Yeah. Okay, that is extremely important. You don't need to answer the dum-dum that said that they, they were killing children in the backyard with the refrigerator. Lowe's never answered me back. But their answer back should have been, we demand quality service, we'll evaluate the vendor that, that did this, we're reviewing contracts, anything that showed improvement. And I'll give you a true-to-life story on something. Now, I just got done telling you I, I don't have the best temperament when people make me mad, and that is true. But the one thing nobody will ever do is go after my staff. You call it my staff, you yell at them, you will deal with me. And that's been a rule since I opened my doors, okay? Uh, they are not there for you to abuse them. So about five years ago, I had a kid, and I'm using that word actually properly, call on the telephone and demand a username and password to the website. And the person was extremely abrupt. My staff explained that without proper credentials, we couldn't let you on the website, blah, 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 blah. So the kid went on the internet and said, I'm the worst human being, doesn't know how anybody ever could, because I had to get on the phone with them and say, excuse me, but we're not gonna yell at people in a very loud voice. Um, <laughs> you know, do as I say, not as I do, you know, anything like that. Okay, so, but the kid went out and wrote a whole bad review. So it took me a really long time to decide what I wanted to do with this. But I actually said, I'm going to go out and put the truth. You wanted something that I couldn't provide. So you decided you were going to yell and scream because I was unwilling to compromise the security of a customer. Now, you look at this review that says I'm really bad. And then my response is, I was not willing to compromise the security of a customer. Who was right and who was wrong? And that's, what, that's how you have to answer them because you're not always going to be friends with everybody, okay? I mean, it's just not going to happen. You're going to make somebody mad, and the first thing they're going to do is go sit in your parking lot and leave you a bad review. It's just bound to happen, all right? That's just the nature of the world we live in now. But it's how you answer that review as to how, how well or how well you rebound from it. Don't try to get it removed. Make it a public relations move. Um, Somebody's unhappy with something, you know, don't say, well, you're stupid. We can't do that for you. You say, well, you know, we're giving you free service, and we really just couldn't do that. But if you'd like to pay us, we'll be happy to do that. <laughs> you know, people understand that subtext. So just understand that. But, yeah, don't go give and get fake reviews. Ask your customers for real, real, uh, real reviews, and don't ask mad customers for in fact, if somebody's mad, hide the little QR code. Don't encourage me. Okay. So, all right. Any other questions before we close out for today? Go ahead. I'll get to you next, Lance. I, I'm not the best salesman. I'm not fond You're of You're an accountant. <laughs> I, I have a, and, and part of the problem with accounting is we deal with several generations. And so I have a web page. I do have a five-page web page. But you're going to go home and change that this afternoon. <laughs> There's some people that, that, that like that to older generations to, to 
Anyway. So we need to put old people in through here, rest of everybody <laughs> over here. Well, mine goes from the web page. I have a LinkedIn. I have a Facebook page. I mean, I, you I, have try, to have it all. I try and cover every generation from, from the millennials to, to the, I forgot, the, the roaring 20s. <laughs> I don't know. You know yeah, you're close. The roaring 20s. Yeah. So, but my thing is, is, is I, don't, I don't get excited about doing any of these posts or or do you have any suggestions on somebody that, yeah, I mean, I mean on how, and I don't know that I'm really at the point to where I can hire somebody, so between that, do you have any suggestions on how to get motivated, what someone like me can do to kind of get this ball rolling so that well, I, you can I, give I, I information. You told me you're a fixer. Right. Okay. That's a very unique trait. Right. Okay. And you're speaking to people that are in the hot water, and most are in hot water they'll never be able to get out of. And most cause their own problems. So you have to tread very lightly. You can't say, well, had you done this? Right. Okay. Um, you have a philanthropic bone in your body? A little bit, yeah. Okay, maybe that's where you write it from. Because you're trying to help people that have, you, you have yeoman's work because you're trying to help people that have done things either accidentally or accidentally on purpose accidentally and cause themselves a lot of trouble. So uh, if I were you, I would take it from that note. If you're not a salesperson and you're feeling you want, you don't want to sell somebody, just be honest and try to help us and do it from a philanthropic standpoint. I, I, there's no harm in that. And I don't know if that helps you or not. See, the problem is only you probably in your life can write your pages because you are a, you are, like you said, you are a fixer. And maybe that's what you call it, the fixer blog, okay? I, I mean, the tax fixer. I mean, I always try to come up with pithy little things to call things so that it sound, we sound more important than what we are. Right. But you could be the tax fixer. And then you start writing pages that talk about IRS letters and what to do when you get one. And, you know, one of the suggestions is to call you. But, I mean, there's other things you can try to do in an IRS letter. What does it mean when they're garnishing your wages and you didn't think you could garnish wages in Texas? All right, so there, there's lots of different things that, and think about what your people are calling you and asking you on the phone. Most of them probably call in and say, I got a letter from the IRS, I don't know what to do, right? Is that a fair statement? Uh, what else are they calling you? Most of the time it has to do with compliance, either banks or insurance. Somebody, they want to borrow money and a bank asking for strange things like balance sheet and P&L. Cash flows to, I think, Weird, you know, why they wanted to see my accounts receivable. What is that? <laughs> All right. You should not knock those of us that are financially challenged. What I will tell you is that I actually say sentences like that. And I have a CFO that says to me, How can you be in business 21 years and you still don't know what I'm talking about? Well, it's because I can get up here and do this. You can't. So, <laughs> your job. And, you know, I, I'm not meaning that. I, I don't. So, I have. I have another company that I'm involved in. The controller in that company literally writes me a baby notes. On this day, we did this much money, and this is how much we have in the bank, and this is how much profit we made this month, or this is how much we're short, and this is how the company is. You're I'm like, this is awesome. Because it's just like this little, don't tell me about, tell me who didn't pay your bill, and I'll go get them. But don't tell me. Well, I, I'm reviewing the AR report. Oh, what is it? But I'm being, okay, so I am, the, I am that person you're talking about. 
You know what happens when I get these words thrown at me and then I'm told after 21 years you don't notice yet? <laughs> I go to Google, shake the ant ball, and hope it gives me an answer that I can. You might be my answer. Yeah, but it's true. No, I it is true. Yeah, I can help you with this. The dumb people are the greatest people in the world because they're the ones looking for the answers. Right. And they're also the ones probably more apt to be willing to pay money because they don't know um, how to do something. So I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I, get, I get in trouble quite a bit in my company for CFO that I don't know. I, I don't know. Just tell me the bottom line. You need this much to pay the bills. Did this much come in the door? You need, we, we did good, we did bad. That, that's it. I'm, I'm really pretty simple. But I gave you a balance sheet in 1942, and you don't know. I, I don't know. At one point, I thought we were like upside down by like $100,000, and it, it wasn't true. It was something to do with this balance sheet thing you were talking about. <laughs> so, anyway. I have one more question. Can we make that a personal one-on-one question? Yeah, yeah. Start. We, need we have to evacuate. Okay. Okay. Out we go. All right. Okay.